Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So today's episode is going to be about people who persevere at races, um, even when they are not sure that they can get through it. Um, this weekend, I volunteered at the Texas Trail Running Festival up in Spicewood, Texas, and uh, volunteered Friday evening into Saturday afternoon, and uh, got to see a lot of um, people again. You know, again, it, it's just a, a nice feeling to see old friends and make new ones. Um, <laughs> that's what. That's why I like this so much because it's my social outlet, and I get to meet a lot of people and see you know, see old friends and and catch up. Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting Friday night. I don't know what it is. Every time when I'm volunteering on Friday evening, something weird happens. Um, last time we had a, um, <laughs> a person get lost. Uh, this time we, we had a, a runner come in. I, she, okay. So I got there about 6 PM on, uh, Friday. No, I lied. Yeah. It was about five or six, something like that. And, um, Probably an hour later, a runner came in and she, I guess, had been doing the marathon. Um, oh, yeah. Let me back up. The, the The format for this is that people get a, um, they get a choice of running a marathon, half marathon, 10K or a 5K. Or if you're really crazy, you could do something called the trifecta where you run a marathon, 10K, 5K. Um, or you could just, you know, do one of those races and tack on, you know, another race. It's got all kinds of crazy stuff that you can do. And, um, but anyway, this, this woman came in from running the marathon and, you know, starting to get dark. And, um, she's like, there's a guy who's out at the aid station. Um, and he's having, you know, a lot of trouble. He's throwing up and he just doesn't want to, you know, take in anything, blah, blah, blah. And so we were like, Ooh, God. Okay. And so Brad Quinn, the race director drove out to the aid station to, to go find the guy and bring him in. And, um, so we all just kind of were waiting around and <laughs> then not too long later, probably about 20 minutes or so later, um, this guy kind of, I don't want to say staggered in because that would be a misrepresentation of how he came in. But anyway, this guy kind of ambled into the finisher's chute and uh, promptly sat down on the ground and we were like, is that the guy? And the, the woman who was sitting there was like, yes, that was. And, uh, yeah, so we went over to him and, you know, tried to administer some sort of help to him. Um, Logan, who is, uh, one of my new trail buddies, uh, she brought him an apple juice, which he drank. And, um, and then I called Brad to tell him that the guy had come in. And, um, so Brad, you know, mentioned that they, he had some Cokes in the, uh, trailer, uh, the, the supply trailer. And so, uh, I went over to the guy and I'm like, do you want to have a Coke? And he's like, I don't know. You know, I'm not really sure. I'm like, okay, you're going to get one. <laughs> I don't know if there's one thing I've, I've learned over the years is that a Coke does make everything better. Hey, Coke, maybe you guys should think about that as a, uh, as a camp not campaign, but well, it could be an ad campaign slogan, you know, like Coke makes everything better. Hmm. And you can thank me for that and maybe give me the royalties. Kidding, kidding. Anyway, so I did, I got, I got him a Coke and he sat and drank it. And it wasn't long, probably about five minutes later, he was standing up, putting his gear together. And I'm like, how you feeling? He's like a lot better. That Coke helped. I'm like, cool. Uh, turns out his name, uh, I 
think is Adrian. Oh boy, I may be wrong on that, but nonetheless, he uh, he's from San Antonio and was headed back that evening. And I think part of the problem um, he found out was that he started his marathon at 2 p.m. and figured it would be a good training run. But the problem is, is it was just ridiculously warm and humid this weekend. And uh, that course is, is, even though it's a short course, you have to do um, four uh, 6.2 mile loops to get a marathon. And which doesn't seem like a big deal, but the first three and a half miles are really challenging and um, a lot of ups and downs with rocks and uh, technical stuff. So um, the second half is not quite as bad. So, but it can take a toll on people. And that was the thing that I discovered on Saturday, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, so he went on his, his way and, you know, that was that. And then um, Friday evening, I attempted to car camp. Well, <laughs> I did car camp, but I just didn't do a very good job of it. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was warmer this time than it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, when I was at the mellow race. And I think that that was because there had been a breeze coming off the lake that night. And, um, this time it was just kind of still and, uh, or not a lot of breeze. I had my sunroof open, but of course that led me to get bitten by a bunch of mosquitoes and, um, yeah, so I have mosquito bites like on my hands, <laughs> on my arms, legs, butt. Um, yeah, so they were like everywhere. But, um, you know, and I just couldn't get comfortable in my car. I don't know if I parked like on a hill or something or like a little grade because my um, little uh, mat that I have, it's like a yoga mat. Um, it, <laughs> I kept sliding down toward my uh, hatchback. Uh, cause I had my head up toward the front seat and I just kept sliding <laughs> and I was like, what in the world is this about? And so I just couldn't get myself comfortable. And I even tried flipping myself around so that my head was at the hatchback and then my feet were up, but then I felt like all the blood was rushing to my head. So <laughs> that didn't work out very well either. So, um, yeah, so it was just sort of an uncomfortable night and I just, you know, tossed and turned and really didn't sleep. I mean, maybe an hour, you know, so woke up at 4.30 because uh, Logan was going to make coffee for us um, in her trailer. Um, so we went over, well, me and Matt, the guy I met at the last race, um, also known as Lobo, is it Lobo the Runner? The Lobo, the Lobo Runner, sorry. Um, you can find him on Instagram. Ladies, he's looking for um, a girlfriend, primarily in her 20s. Um, He's 32, just so you know, and he's very cute um, and likes to run around shirtless. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, he's a trip. He's really not quite met a lot of people like that before. Always just full of energy. And sometimes it's like nervous energy, but he's always cracking jokes and just kind of being goofy. So anyway, enough of that. But yeah, so the three of us sat in um, Logan's trailer and, or, you know, camper and had coffee, which was quite good. And, uh, you know, chit chatted a little bit, <laughs> none of us had slept. Um, and the two of them had been there Friday day too, and they were staying all weekend. So I was like, Ooh, boy, you guys are going to be really hating life. But anyway, uh, so about quarter to six, we ambled, <laughs> seems to be my word of the day down to the, uh, start finish area, um, and began helping, uh, Jan with the packet pickup, um, which was really kind of an interesting experience. I, I have not really 
done a lot with with packet pickup before. I mean, I sort of helped the last time, like just you know grabbing gear or a chip or something like that. But this time, I was stationed at one of the computers, and people would approach. I felt like I was working at a drive-through because everybody was lining up, you know, and you had to social distance. But we had this piece of like plastic, uh, you know, heavy plastic um, uh, to pr- you know create like a barrier between us and and the uh, runners, and <laughs> and then everybody was masked up, so it was really hard for people to understand people. So <laughs> you'd be like, "Your last name is what?" <laughs> Fortunately, I got a lot of people with easy last names, and you know the occasional unusual last name, kind of like me. Um, but yeah, and that was like cooking. I mean, it was really, I mean, it was really kind of funny. There's a guy, um, Oh God, what was his name? I think it was Miguel was his name. And he, he was helping me. And, um, because if people didn't get a t-shirt, they could get, um, if they didn't opt in for a t-shirt, they had, um, an opportunity to get some swag so they could get one of two types of hats or a, really pretty buff. And so I let, and so when I noticed that we had to do the swag part, Miguel, I would just kind of hand it to Miguel and he would, you know, do his sales pitch and, uh, you know, explain to them what they had their choice of. And, uh, you know, never mind the fact that this is six o'clock in the morning and it's dark. It's, <laughs> and so I could barely, you know, tell anybody, you know, I mean, even if they're friends of mine, you know, I could barely tell who they were. Um, yeah, so it was just sort of, it was really, really busy for about an hour and a half. And then it kind of let up. And, and so that was, that was all right. And, um, and I did want to take a run, you know, I did want to get a little bit of running in that day. So um, I guess it was like around 930. I, I told Brad that I was going to just maybe run the 5k course. I thought about the 10k, but then I thought, oh my God, it's going to take me two hours because I just know how slow I am. And uh, yeah, so we... <laughs> Uh, he's like, well, you know, PJ is up at the water station and he asked if you could come, you know, come up and hang out with him. And so I'm like, okay, sure. So Brad, ever the mathematician, uh, or strategist, uh, told me I should take the 10 K loop because there's a different course for the 5 K, um, do the 10 K, uh, up to the water station, which is like three and a half miles. And then I could just, you know, stay there. Let me tell you, it took me just a little over an hour to do that three and a half miles. That was, I mean, and I was running through much of the start of it uh, because it was flat. And then, it, then you start climbing, you know, these, this rocky stuff. And I mean, it, it, they're kind of like short up and downs, but still it was just, you know, it takes its toll. <laughs> it was humid and this, thank God the sun wasn't out um, too much at this point. I mean, it was just still kind of, overcast. And, um, but I mean, by the time I got to the aid station, I was just drenched (laughs) and PJ handed me a cold bottle of water. I was like, Oh, thank God for this, you know? And so we just kind of hung out all afternoon and, um, you know, late morning into the, till about, I guess three or so. And, um, the, the, the aid station really wasn't supposed to have people at it, or it wasn't advertised as a, you know, uh, manned or womaned uh, aid station because it was supposed to be self-serve um, with just like, you know, cold water or whatever. Um, but because we had extra people, you know, we were able to be there and help, which actually turned out to be a really good thing because people were hurting. Um, you know, I think a lot of people underestimated the humidity and the complexity of the course, um, especially the the people who were doing the marathon. I mean, 10 kers didn't care because they only had to do that loop once. But, 
you know, the half marathon and marathon people were really, you know, kind of suffering. And, um, yeah, so we had people coming through and, um, my friend Kelly Cunningham, uh, who was from the Valley and, uh, she was actually one of the people that was, uh, with us when Louisa broke her ankle at Bandera this year. And that's how I met her. And she was doing the marathon that day, um, Saturday and it was her first marathon and she's in her probably early sixties and does not look at it all either, by the way. <laughs> and she was doing, you know, the marathon and was very determined to finish and just, she had her mind right. And I'll tell you what, I really admired her for that because, um, I think sometimes it's finishing a race is sometimes, yes, of course you have to train for it, but also, you know, when you're not a, you know, you know, super fast runner, you, you have to start learning how to do your, um, you know, mind game, you know, you have to get that going because otherwise you're going to quit and give up or give up and quit one or the other or both. Um, yeah. So she just didn't seem to mind. I mean, she, when I first saw her, she was on her, I think second loop and then, um, you know, but she was all right. She was like, I'm going to get this done. And she's a cancer survivor. And, um, and she's a lot like Louise in this way, who is also a cancer survivor. And I think there's something about people that have gone through cancer that those of us who have not really don't understand. And I think that they can appreciate epic battles of anything that, you know, the world wants to throw at them and they get through it. And that's exactly what I saw in her. And I really, um, admire that. In fact, the, the photo that I'm putting on this episode is, um, a social distance selfie that we shot, um, with her and PJ and me and, uh, at the aid station. So that's what that, that reference is. But, uh, yeah, so we just watched her get through and I was like, Ooh, this is going to take her a while, but she was okay. You know, she really wasn't, you know, trying to, you know, break land speed records. And that was cool. You know, so I really admired that about her. Um, saw another, um, guy probably in his sixties also named David and he had struggled at the mellow race. In fact, he literally fell into PJ's arms. Um, I guess just like passing out, um, from the heat at that race. And, you know, so PJ was kind of keeping an eye out for him because he was doing the marathon at this race. And he finally came through and, um, he was kind of, you know, dressed appropriately for the sun and whatnot. And he had like a long sleeved uh, shirt on and like one of those, I don't know, they look like, you know, what people wear in the desert, those kind of hats, you know, with the flaps on them and stuff. And so I mean, he, he definitely was ready for it, but you know, he was struggling a bit, but again, he kind of took it in stride and was just like, you know, I'm going to finish this thing. And you know, that's that. And then we had some younger people. This was kind of funny because I think sometimes with younger people, at least in my observations, when they struggle, they start, I think they kind of get embarrassed or self-defeating about it. And, and like, they don't, their pride gets in the way. And I mean, I never, I'm again, I'm probably projecting because the same thing happens with me. Sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, it's taking me so long. I can't finish this. I'm just not going to do it. It's embarrassing, which is really stupid. But anyway, saw some people coming through and this one guy, he was probably in his thirties and he, um, was doing the marathon and I think he was on his third loop. I mean, he only had one more to go and he sat down in a chair and just drank cold water and talked to us. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to finish. You know, I just, I just don't think I'm going to finish. And I just looked at him. I'm like, well, you know, you only have one more loop. I mean, 
really the third loop is the hardest. And to be honest with you, that this is very true. And I am going to have to remind myself of this when I'm doing wild hair um, in November, because that one's four loops. And I mean, I've been through that one a couple of times and, you know, I've even done a 50 miler there. So, I mean, I, I know the, the, uh, like the first couple loops are okay because it's like, well, okay, no big deal. And then you get to the third one and you're like, oh God, this sucks. It's so hard. But then, you know, you finally get to your last one and it's like, okay, if I've done three, I can do four, you know? So that's kind of the mentality. And I was just trying to share that advice with him and he wasn't so sure. And I'm just like, you know, I said, get to the finish line, you know, maybe have some food, get a little drink, sit down for a few minutes and, you know, just kind of evaluate where you are. And so was really hoping we would see him again and um his name was jay and um and then uh this other guy came through um and he was with his wife and he's probably in his 30s as well and he just looked at us and it was just like i can't do this anymore i'm quitting you know and he was cramping and he was on his third loop and so his wife was just sort of like okay, you, you go on, you know, I'm just going to, you know, finish my race and then I'm going to, you know, do whatever, you know, she was just not having any of it and, you know, not, I don't want to say babying him, but not really, you know, pitying him or anything either. So she just kind of kept on her way and was just like, whatever. Um, yeah. So that was that one. And then, you know, meanwhile, you know, other people are coming through and they're in various stages of, you know, hating life or being chipper and, you know, kind of the normal fare. Um, of course this left me, you know, when PJ took that guy in, this kind of left me with, um, uh, you know, <laughs> being in charge, which was a little frightening. Um, oh, and before that part, I forgot this one guy came through and he looked great. I mean, he seemed really chill and just, you know, totally okay. And we gave him water and he, kind of kept moving and he gets up the trail and he just projectile vomits a couple of times. And it was like, Oh wow. And so PJ ran up with a chair and had him sit down. And yeah, he, he did mention when he passed through the station that, that his stomach was going South. And so obviously it was, but I think he was on his final part of the marathon. So he did finish and you know, he was, he was okay, but um, yeah, so you got to watch yourself on these things. But so when PJ left, um, I don't know. It seemed like there was something, something else. There's a couple of, you know, minor problems, but the, the big, the big problem became when this, uh, I could hear the sound in the woods and it sounded like somebody throwing up or like retching. And I was like, Oh God. And so I kind of looked down the trail and I thought, okay, do I need to head down there and, you know, look for somebody? And, uh, so they, um, I started to, and then I saw this guy coming toward me. And so I was like, okay, maybe that's him. So I'll just kind of wait. And there's this guy in a white shirt. And he said, my friend's out there throwing up and I've got to, I'm going to go bring some water back to him. And I was like, okay, you know, and so is he going to be all right? And he's like, I think so, you know? And so I was like, okay, cool. And so about, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes later, he and this other guy, um, Elizar Gonzalez. And the only reason I remember his name is because he had Gonzalez tattooed on his back. He was shirtless. And I had checked him in and I just remember the name um, anyway. And he made kind of an impression on me. And uh, so he sat in, in the chair, I gave him some cold water and all of a sudden he just threw up a couple of times. It's <laughs> like, oh God. I mean, fortunately it was just water, you know, it was nothing you know, nasty. But um, yeah, so he was kind of 
really miserable. He crawled out of the chair and then he was kind of like kneeling on the ground. And so I said, do you want me to pour some cold water on you? And he's like, yeah. And so I got a couple of bottles of water and poured that on his neck and head. And um, then he's like, okay, stop. And I was like, okay. And then he had a bandana on. And so he kind of went on, under a tree and just kind of laid the bandana out and uh, lay on, just laid on the ground with his head on the bandana and just shut his eyes and was just kind of like, oh man, you know, this is bad, you know, but he just kind of laid there for, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes, something like that. And then he kind of looked up and he's like, you know what? I love this. It turns out it was his first trail race. <laughs> and he was like, this is such a great experience. <laughs> I just love, you know, he's like the optimist, you know, it's like, yes, there's a pony in here somewhere. Um, and he just was like, this is so much better than road racing. And I'm like, preach. <laughs> and he, uh, he perked himself up and, uh, his friend waited for him and they both took off and, they finished. And, uh, and, oh, I know. Cause I also had told him like, take a shower when you get back, because you know, that's, that's one thing that'll help you. Cause he was starting to get chills. I mean, even though the water was cold at the, at the campsite, it, it was better than just sitting there and just having those chills from, you know, being dehydrated. And so, um, just a, a little fast forward on him. I did see him when I was, when I came back and he had a towel around his, his shoulders and was clean and smiling and, you know, he looked a, a lot better. So I think, you know, listen to my advice, people. I kind of know what I'm talking about sometimes, <laughs> but anyway. Um, and then the, uh, the guy who, who said he was going to drop, he came back through and he looked at me and he's like, I'm quitting. I'm done. And I'm just like, okay. And I, he sat in the chair I gave him some cold water and a gel and he sat there for like maybe two minutes and we just talked a little bit. And then he just looked me in the eye and he's like, you know what? I'm going to finish this thing. And he stood up and he took off. <laughs> and, uh, later I got to see him come in. So that was kind of cool. Uh, there's another guy in a tutu. I forget his name, but it was a guy, he, he, he was a terrible fantasy football football player and it had a shirt that said something to that effect and had to wear the tutu as punishment and run this race. Um, we got to see him come into, he was great. I mean, he was just like super chipper. He, you know, he was just having a really good time. Um, and then Kelly came back through before we left and, um, she was looking strong. Um, I mean, it was taking a while, but she's like, I'm going to finish this. You know, I, I really want to do this. And, uh, so anyway, PJ and I packed up our stuff and we, went back to the start finish because it was getting, you know, it was kind of getting thin in the, you know, the crowd. And so we didn't have to worry about people as much. And so then we, you know, so we headed back and, uh, just as we came back through, um, I saw, uh, Kelly coming in and got a photo of her and, uh, and she went back out and she did finish. Um, so I was very, very proud of her. Um, she kept admiring me. She, <laughs> uh, she kept announcing my age to people and everybody be like, no, you can't be that old. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> people are like, we thought you just turned 40. I'm like, oh, thank God for you. You know, but yes, I am. <clears throat> I'm going to admit my age right here. Uh, I am 59 years old and I will be 60 in February, which is really frightening, but 
what am I going to do about it? You know, can't, you know, it's like, I don't feel it. So that's okay. I just know that I'm a little slower because of it. Um, anyway, so it was, but it was really, I think that was probably one of the most uplifting experiences I've had in a while at, well, obviously in a while, cause I've done that many races lately, but it was really fun to watch people just kind of dig in and, you know, get it done. And I was very proud of people for, for, you know, sticking to what they committed to and, um, or what they signed up for. So I, I think, you know, I, I, I try to hang on to that. And, and when I'm struggling, I'm going to try to pull, pull myself into those, into that place and just try to remember what these people, you know, were doing and, uh, try to channel that and, and mon uh, what's the word mirror it, you know? And so, uh, and I encourage any of you who listen to this, who even, it doesn't even have to be running. It could just be life when you're feeling, you know, I mean, obviously now it's a really trying time anyway. So, um, you know, we, we, we just got to, you know, pull ourselves through it and, you know, know that it's going to get, it's going to be better at some point. So, um, I know that's my uplifting <laughs> sort of ending, I guess. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, as I mentioned last week, yes, yeah, snowdrop got postponed. I did drop to the marathon at Brazos Bend, which will mean I'll be like Kelly. I'll be doing my first marathon in December. Of course, before that I'm doing an ultra. <laughs> and I am signed up for Cactus Rose 25 mile. Um, Orly and Kathy are coming up this weekend and we're going to run, um, one of the parks up here in San Antonio, Friedrich, which is a real butt kicker. And then we're also going to go to Bandera or Hill Country State Natural Area on Sunday morning and get some running in there. Um, I think Maria is going to come with us. So that'll be fun. I'm, I'm really psyched about that. Um, so yeah, little by little things are feeling a little less awful. Um, you know, here again, I was talking to my neighbor uh, who is a nurse and she was telling me that things are getting better, at least in San Antonio. She said that the, you know, fatality rates are dropping. Um, it seems to be as it mutates, it's not as deadly. And um, that's really good news. And I haven't really heard that reported widely anywhere yet. So I was kind of like, well, this is anecdotal, but it's kind of cool. I mean, it makes me a lot less anxious about everything. Cause I mean, even though I was trying to do social distancing and wear, you know, my face covering, you know, the weekend, it's still like, sometimes you just end up in other people's, you know, uh, space. And so you're just praying that because you're outdoors, you know, that it'll be okay. And, um, I mean, I guess that's all you can ask, you know, you know, cause I mean, you can't live your life in fear for heaven's sake. So anyway, that's, that's pretty much all I've got for right now. I'll see you next time.